1: You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Hello, you
2: podcast humans. Thank you very much for downloading this special episode. This is a bonus drop for all you fine people out there. And uh, I'm incredibly excited because 23andMe is sponsoring this episode. And I got to do something uh, pretty unique. Uh, I mean, it is definitely a conversation with a person that is involved in independent music. That, that core Still exists, but we were able to talk a lot about uh, things that, frankly, I just don't get to talk about within the context of this podcast. So, here, let me spell it out for you. So, I have Andrew Cannon on the episode today. Andrew Cannon is the brand manager at Santa Cruz Skateboards. He is also the lead vocalist for an amazing band called Worship. You need to find them on all streaming platforms. If you're a fan of heavy music, you absolutely will love Worship. But, uh, Andrew and I both, uh, took a 23andMe test. We've actually both previously have gone through that process, not only from the, um, you know, the health side of things and the ancestry side of things, but we were just really curious about, uh, what this report would tell about us. And, um, it was, I mean, it's incredible. (laughs) the The amount of information that uh, you're able to find out via your DNA is uh, is really, really cool. And of course, a lot of people that go through these tests are curious about their ancestry, and we talk a little bit about that. But then just the fact that you can find so many different elements of your health that is contained within your DNA is so cool. And this report is enlightening in so many different respects and can inform a lot of Choices that you make in the future from your health and everything else that 's uh, you know wrapped up in that, so uh, yeah, I was excited to talk about this because I personally I believe the more information that you have about who you are as an individual, not only from a personality perspective but then genetics plays a huge part in it, and so I was incredibly excited to work with twenty three and me and team up with them to bring you this particular episode. Andrew and I talk about our own musical DNA, uh, where we just basically nerd out about how we got into independent music, and I uh, talk to Andrew a lot about that, and then we, we wax philosophic <laughs> about a lot of different elements within, um, you know, just kind of why we live our lives, and why we want to know as much as humanly possible about who we are as humans, so... It's a real fun one, and we do get heady in a positive way. And, uh, yeah, I'm just incredibly excited to bring you this special episode that is sponsored by 23 and Me. So check out the conversation with Andrew, and I will talk to you at the end of the episode. You dove into my life via the Internet like... Many friendships that start uh, these days, and once I started to become, you know, aware of not only your background, but then the fact that you are, you are such an unabashed fan of music, and it makes me so happy because I think that there's a lot of people that are maybe a little more like, oh yeah, like I like bands and stuff, but you're like, yo, I like bands. Oh yeah, and that's and I, 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 where where does that come from? Like, is it just the fact that like whatever you've been into, you want to make sure like. Everybody knows that, not in an annoying way, or maybe in an annoying way. I don't know, but... <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it depends. You know, I think uh, for me, my dad was a big music fan growing up. He was actually just out here visiting, and it was so much fun to... Uh, I went and bought all these like used uh, Yes records and Genesis records and stuff like that, because um, that was like what my dad... Grew- I grew up listening to that with my dad in the basement, and uh, so... I think I get the love of music, but my mom also loves music. Like I just grew up around people that really liked it, but my dad is a nerd sort of like I am where you'll be listening to a song and he kind of does that like, Oh, this part, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so I think I just, I think his own personal passion with music sort of informed me to feel comfortable, like loving those little things. Um, and honestly, I just think the coolest, so, you know, we're talking social media base here. Like, Absolutely, people could be like, "Oh, that's annoying" or whatever. But that's literally the purpose of social media. And for myself personally, I value it so much because the amount of people that share music with me—it's fantastic. Like, people will just randomly DM me and be like, "Hey, check out my band," and I'm like, "Awesome, thank you." And uh, sometimes it's just like a small EP that's super good or whatever. But For me, I'm like, social media is literally supposed to be social. It's not a one-sided thing like, hey, here's what I'm into. I love finding out what people are into. I love when people share stuff with me. I think it's a really fun process. But um, I just love music. I mean, it makes me feel so much. And because of that, I I mean, I, I act very much on feeling as a human being. And so to be able to share that with someone and hope that someone else could maybe have that experience is so cool, you know?
2: Right. It's very valuable. I, I like what you articulated there in regards to it, it's like those little moments and those mm-hmm. things that get you hooked on, whether it's a band or a song or those are the things because you, especially like you're talking about as a kid, you have no autonomy. I mean, yes, you're making some decisions on your own, but you are usually subjected to whatever it is your surroundings are. And to have that, I like, prism that you're viewing it through of like, Oh, my dad gets stoked at this drum part. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. And then that's kind of where it goes from there where you're like, okay, maybe I'll pay attention to drums first, because that's what I saw like my dad freaking out about, or my mom really gravitating towards.
0: Yeah. And I just think that the cool music is so cool because it connects people in different ways. Um, this is like a silly story, but, um, I'll never forget like, so when I, when I, Got into like heavier music. It started off with corn. And uh, I remember I went to the wall and bought like a, um, they sold it to me even though it had parental advisory and I bought like a corn tape, right? And I think I got Life is Peachy first. And uh, I, I remember I was at the orthodontist office and I saw like our old neighbor and he was like probably 10 years older than me. And he was like, hey man. And I was sitting next to my mom. He's like, what kind of music are you into? I was like, oh, I like, you know, like maybe heavier stuff. Or I was like, I really like Rage Against the Machine. And he was like, dude, have you ever heard of Corn? If you haven't, you need to listen. And I remember sitting on that couch with my mom next to me and being like, I can't say yes, I've heard of them because then she'll know that I have this tape she doesn't know about. It's parental (laughs) advisory. And so the coolest thing about music is Anyone can connect on music, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like I can talk to my dad about Genesis. I could talk to someone younger. I could talk to people about all kinds of stuff. And I love things that sort of break those barriers from like an age perspective, just because I do, you know, I love connecting with people that are older than me. And I think it's such a great segue into learning cool life lessons and stuff like that. So um, I love that. I love that part of it all. Yeah. And
2: I think, and I know this sounds like just like the most cheesiest transition at all possible, but just like that's, and I think that's what, you know, I mean, what we're talking about, just like, you know, musical DNA, like human DNA, like the connectivity that you feel. And when you discover more, not only about yourself through, um, you know, these, these, these tests you do, whether it's like okay, I'm going to sample this record and I'm going to not like that, but then I'm going to try this other record and I really like that. And it's not like you can articulate that. It's just that exactly what you're talking about, that reaction. But then at the same time, a whole community opens up if you are into that piece of music.
0: Yeah. And I I feel like we're existing in such a cool moment right now. And and I know I keep talking about social media, but um, working in the skateboarding industry, like we've seen so much cool connectivity about skateboarding and about, you know, different communities forming and sort of going against what uh, has been the case in skateboarding, you know, and we really see it in like, um, you know, the queer skateboarding community and stuff like that. And it's so cool to see all these people connecting around stuff they're psyched on, you know. And you can be psyched on like whether it's, you know, like bedroom style rap or whatever it is. Like there's, it's so cool that people can just be like, you know what? I'm interested in this and they can put it out there in the world. People can connect on it and just be like, you you can just make friends everywhere. And I, I just love that,
2: you know? Sure. And the, and to your point too, like the world becomes so much smaller. And when you have those common touch points, like you're talking about, whether you can relate to a person who's older, younger, it doesn't matter you know where they came from anything as long as you have that that commonality of just like oh yes i like this band i like this artist so that's that is your little entry point and the world becomes so much smaller because of it
0: yeah and i yeah i love that part i think it's yeah. so much fun i love i love uh i love being able to put out there the things that you're about and then seeing other people that are like whoa i'm into all that same stuff and then so quickly you can get together like you know you and i like got together and went golfing and had fun and just talked. And it was just super enjoyable, you know, because you were like, oh, there's so many different connective points here. And it's like, all right, so we share a lot of these common ideologies. And, you know, I feel like um, when you are able to do that, it just, it allows for these really cool connections that you never would have had Um, and I think a big part of that is sort of being vulnerable and putting out there the things that you're psyched on, even if it's cheesy or even if, um, other people might be like, I don't know, that's whack. And you're like, "Mm, it's just who I am. I'm kind of whack. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, you know what? Can't change me, bro. (laughs) I'm not exactly sitting here trying to pretend I'm that cool. I'm just me, you know? (laughs)
2: <laughs> totally totally and and kind of on that topic the uh once you started to get introduced to music that i guess wasn't your parents and wasn't being played on the radio how did uh how did that transpire
0: oh man um it was always funny just uh my parents didn't understand it they were not stoked on it um and it wasn't like they were bum but i'll never forget i think i was in I don't remember if it was like middle school or high school, but I was into all the like kind of the new metal stuff that got introduced to me, you know, because I'm so envious of people that grow up now with Spotify and YouTube because they can just find everything and go down crazy rabbit holes. I mean, I think there's something about the, the search that was really fun growing up, but, you know, there's a lot of bands like even like punk bands and stuff where people will share it. And I'm like, I just never got into it when I was younger because I didn't have the CD, um and so for me it was i think i started off getting into like punk stuff with like descendants and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and my parents were they didn't mind all of that but i think it was once i started getting into the louder sort of screamy stuff where they were like "Mm, i don't know about this but i'll never forget like uh i wanted to go see coal chamber with some of my friends in high school they had like a little new metal band and stuff and uh my dad was just like, absolutely not. You are not going to that. <laughs> so you got <laughs> shut down. I got shut down. But, I, you know, I was able to go to like hardcore shows and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, seeing bands like Bane and Boy Sets Fire and stuff like that. And that, you know, really changed my life.
2: Sure, sure. And how were, how was that stuff like coming into you? Because I know clearly skateboarding has been a very large part of your life uh, as well. And so were you getting introduced to bands via that or was it kind of just like your group of friends that kept bringing records your
0: direction? It was a mixed bag. So like um, a really good example is the first time I ever heard Refused and I had never heard music like Refused. Um, and it was in a Woodward video. So I would I like would go to Woodward camp Um, When I was like in middle school, I went a few times. I was like super lucky. And uh, they would send you a video to get you psyched, like a VHS, like, hey, here's what happened last summer. Get ready for next summer. And I'll never forget. It was actually in like one of the BMX dirt jump sections, um, but they had New Noise by Refused. And the way his vocals were, I was like, I don't know what this is, but I think this is the best song I've ever heard in my entire life and it blew my mind so it was a little bit of a mix of some of the skate videos still had some punk stuff in it and then i would just go to shows with people in our zone and you know growing up in westchester pennsylvania like right around that area Mm -hmm. it was pretty awesome for that like being able to go into philadelphia with you know some of the older kids and my parents were very trusting of me um And so I would get to go into Philadelphia or I'd get to go to like, you know, uh, like one of the vets hall shows or whatever in like Delaware or, you know, the different zones in PA. And uh, so I heard a lot of new bands that way too. Like Bane for me was a band that I hadn't really heard of. And I went to see Boy Sets Fire and Bane opened up for them. And they're hands down one of my favorite bands of all time. And it, that like set that night, like changed my life completely you know? Right.
2: Yeah. I love that notion of, you know, seeing an opening band that is just so unsuspect, like you have no clue. And then you see everyone else's reaction and then you can't help but not be moved or, you know, want to engage in the art in some way. And yeah, just at that point you're like, oh, so now I like this band as well as the band that I came to see.
0: And, you know, um, I'm sure just going to a bajillion shows and stuff like that, you've probably done the same, but like at one point I had to kind of remind myself like, dude, you need to go and watch some of these new bands. Cause you know, my schedule gets crazy. So I would be like, okay, I'm going to go, I'll be there at, you know, eight 45, I'll watch this band for 45 minutes and then I'm going to go home, you know? um, But there is magic to go to see openers and stuff like that to just get excited about new music and you, know, you mentioned this, like just being excited about music. That's one thing that is so interesting to me. Like, I'll talk to some people that like hardcore or like metal. And it's so funny when they're like, I only listen to these records. I don't like to listen to new stuff. And I'm like, man, can you imagine being like, yeah, I only eat Pizza Hut pizza. It's just the only thing that I'll ever eat because it's what I've been eating for 20 years. And you're like, dude... There's so much better pizza out there, you know. <laughs> um, so it's kind of crazy to me the way that people shut that down because the accessibility of music and the opportunities for people to learn how to play instruments and be influenced by so many different things. I mean the the music that is coming out right now is phenomenal, in my personal opinion. You know, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it would totally. Just the idea of calcifying i mean it, it to your point it does take effort and you have mm-hmm. to go through the uh, deliberate choice of you know going to a show on time like you said all of these things that you are you know you take for granted when you're young because it's just like you have nothing but time yeah and then when you have to actually put work into it it honestly to your exactly what you're saying where i almost find more value out of it now because i feel like there's more even though music is more easily accessible than it ever has been there it 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 still takes digging
0: you gotta you gotta know where to look you know (laughs) but that's again and i i go back to social media on just being this awesome opportunity for people to share and it, it is so much fun to have somebody send you something or You know, one of the things that I love is I follow all these people from bands that are super, you know, nice or maybe I don't know them or whatever. But it is so cool when all of a sudden it's like eight people are posting the same thing and I'm immediately like, all right, I got to listen. And I think uh, the last example of that was that um, I think it's Foreign Hands. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, great band. What a good album. Like, it is so good. And so... For me, I love that. Like, I love being able to sort of see what people, um, people are talking about, and then go, "Oh, I'm going to dive in." Honestly, I think um, the person that has the like 10 out of 10 every time, uh, and I haven't met Jeremy Baum, but he is like his opinion on music. In my personal, like, from my personal view, I'm like, man, he just knocks it out of the park. Like he's right. such a big music guy that I haven't gone wrong with any suggestion he's put out there yet, you know?
2: Right, you're like, you are my musical kindred spirit yeah. and I get where you're coming from. And yeah, no, it's, it, it, and it is fun to exactly what you're talking about, be able to navigate. And in the same way that, you know, back in the day, quote unquote, where it was like, you know, zine culture and people really focused on reviews. And once you started to, follow a person's opinion whether it was like a actual you know full zine that you were consuming from one person or whether it was just like oh i really like this this guy's reviews or this girl's reviews like i'm gonna follow along with that it's the same idea except now it's just like you said it's much easier to dip in and recommend music that way
0: absolutely absolutely
1: the show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
2: So kind of on that similar topic where it's just, you know, you are discovering more of yourself and you are wanting to, um, you know, just be aware of obviously the world around you. When you got into, uh, you know, skateboarding, I know you, uh, you know, pursued it professionally and obviously it's the industry that you've worked in for many years, um, when did you kind of start to, uh, I guess, notice who you were as a, as a person, you know, just as far as like, oh yeah, my general disposition is like, oh, I'm either, you know, mad or happy, like all, all of those, I guess, kind of emotions. When did you start to recognize that in yourself?
0: Honestly, I think it was probably in my 20s, but I'll never forget um, my good friend, Mike Leslie, when we were, when I was like 16, he um, was a filmer and he worked for the skate shop. And at one point he was like, honestly, dude, I know you're always happy and you're like stoked, but just so you know, like sometimes that comes off cocky to people. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I I thought I was just being friendly, you know? Um, So I think that I always knew that like my overall attitude was a little more positive than a lot of other folks out there. But I would say that it probably wasn't until I was in my 20s Um, and, you know, when I when I got sober, cause I, I drank, um, in my early twenties and I've always had kind of a, not like a bad, re- I've just had a bad relationship with alcohol and it, it wasn't who I was. And that was a big piece of like actually stopping drinking was like, I don't love the person I become when I drink because I'm far more proud of the person I am on a regular basis, like being positive and looking at the bright side and, um, you know, being nice Um, and when I drank, I was just a really selfish individual and I didn't like it. Um, and so that was 12 years ago that I stopped drinking. But I think once that changed, it really helped me to like get in touch with myself and who I was. And, um, and then honestly, even in the last few years, um, just like doing therapy and stuff like that, um, helped me a lot with being more vulnerable. And, um, because I was always the guy that you'd be like, Hey, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm fine. Things are good. And I had friends tell me, like, you know, we'd catch up. um, We'd catch up. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good now. Man, six months ago, though, when we talked last, woof, I was in it. And they're like, yeah, but Andrew, when we talked six months ago, you said everything was fine. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, no, I was in a tough spot or whatever. And so um, the last few years, like three or four years, I definitely have been working on being more open and vulnerable and sort of honest with my emotions. And so honestly, I would say even into my thirties, it really took me time to become the person that I am proud of, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, I mean, you know, that whatever that saying of it's not about the destination, it's the journey. And I, I, you know, that's a, whatever, a cliche, but at the same point, like that, you always kind of gathering information about yourself, whether it's your own personal taste or whether it's like just the, you know, internal inventory that we all do or you hopefully do on yourself. Cause like you said, there are definitely people that you meet and run across that just, you know, stick their head in the sand and it's just like, Oh yeah, like whatever it's I'll just, I'll get through it. And, there's no um there's no internal audit like you're not honest with themselves first and foremost and then in turn it's not easy for them to be honest with others
0: and it's not fun no (laughs) no it's true it's not fun always you know i mean it um it is super difficult and really being able to like take that step back and look at yourself critically um you know and you can also be kind to yourself and be like oh you know what i do like this about myself and that is what makes me special or whatever um but it is not a fun process, but I highly recommend it for anyone out there who yeah. <laughs> just because <laughs> so, it, it is huge, you know, being able to be happy with yourself. I feel, you know, not to get way too deep, but it's like, man, we get one shot at this life and it's a big reason why people are like, Why well, you do a lot of stuff or you have a lot of hobbies or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm going to die. Like, yeah, there's going to be a point where I don't get to do anything. So I'm trying to suck the marrow out of life the best I can. Of course, you're supposed to, you're you're dead poet society it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. Right. I just feel like um, that's the, we are all so fortunate to get to be here and living in this time. And I know there's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world. And I'm not trying to put that aside. But when you step back and you're able to go, okay, what are the things that I can control within the scope of my life? It's like, man, it is magical that we're here right now and that we get to you know, chat about life and we get to go to concerts and we, get like, I get to go skateboarding and talk about skateboarding for work. And, you know, it's like life life is pretty amazing. You know, and we get to share so many wonderful things with people. And I think that, um, unfortunately, a lot of people struggle to connect with that just because there is so much going on. Um, but that's where I do think like therapy and just kind of taking a look at your own life is really nice because, again, we're only here one time and our our time frame is relatively limited so mm-hmm. you know yeah. we have to enjoy it yeah absolutely
2: and, and and i mean i think that was very articulately put and i think that can dovetail nicely into the idea of just you know, the the DNA testing. And obviously, you know, one of the reasons why we're here chatting about this is because we both, you know, did the 23andMe test. And uh, I'm sure there's a wide variety of reasons why people uh, do that, whether it's, you know, they're curious about their ancestry or health or whatever the case may be what was uh i I guess your entry point to like wanting to do that in the first place it was it just the fact that you wanted to discover more about you know your health and where you came from and stuff
0: um well so my um my ex-wife and i definitely like she we had talked about how cool it would be you know um and so i think it was like a holiday it was and she was like oh i got us these kits and i was like sick let's do this um And so we went through, like, we went and did the whole spit test, whatever. Um, And then you get the results, and it was super fun. Because uh, when I would talk to my parents about, like, oh, where are we from, whatever, they'd be like, ah, we're just, like, you know, like Western European. And I was like, that's not a good answer. You know, I don't really know. Um, So for me, it was really fun to take a look at this. I'm also really, like, I'm personally really interested in... uh like all the personality test stuff and everything, I'm like, I want to know what makes me tick. Um, And I want to know like, okay, what am I, why do I feel certain things? And there's so much cool, there's so much cool information out there, you know, that can help you to kind of like, when you do look at yourself from like a bigger picture standpoint to grow and stuff, it's like, it's fun to take those tests and stuff. So the 23andMe thing was a really good example of being able to be like, oh, let me... Let me look at some of this stuff, you know?
2: Yeah. right. No, and I, I think it's really, it's engaging no matter which way you look at it, whether it is, like you said, just the, you know, kind of ancestry or whether it's just the idea of what more information can I find out about myself that can lead me to, you know, become a better person or just frankly, know more about the way that I internally tick because you know, to your point of in regards to, you know, watching your dad react to music, like, there is that idea of, you know, environment versus, you know, inherited genetics. And all of that mixes into a stew together that makes us (laughs) as human beings. And the fact that you can actually, like, literally take a test that tells you these things where it's like, oh, wow, like, I, I had no idea that, you know, I, I might be, um you know, predisposed to like restless leg syndrome or whatever. It's like, it's not, it, does it worry me? No, it's just, I'm like, oh, well, that's a heads up. Like, hey, oh, I can talk to the doctor do about that. that.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, I annoy so many people with my stupid leg. It's like, you know, it's nothing personal, gang. It's literally how I'm wired. Right? No, totally. It's just those, those things
2: that you find out that there is no way in hell prior to this that you would ever be able to like, Point definitively out and be like, Oh, I took a test and like, this is what it told me. And it's just like, and yeah, not definitively, but to a point where it's just like, now you have that information and you could do with it what you will. And yeah. that's like, how, how that's unbelievable. Probably in the same way that, you know, I connect the idea of us getting influenced by, you know, music. And once we started to, you know, get introduced to ideas of, you know, straight edge and veganism and vegetarianism and like, that is all part of the same like sort of self-improvement journey that I think
0: people go on. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And the more you know about yourself, um, the, and I think there's also like a bit of peace to a lot of that stuff too. Like, you know, when I started learning about brain types and when I did like, we have these, uh, like PI, I think they're called personality index things we did for work. And like, you learn all this stuff about yourself and it's sort of, uh, sometimes it takes like the burden away of like, man, why is it that I just struggle with like staying on task or whatever? And then when you get into it and it's like, oh, your brain does this well, or you do this well, but you're not so great at this. Not to say that it gives you a crutch, but it sort of allows you to give yourself a little bit of grace and go, oh, okay, that's not me. Like maybe I personally am not doing this to myself. It's literally how I'm wired or whatever. And then from there, you're like, cool, maybe there's steps I can take to change that, you know? For sure. I mean, you you hit that nail in the head where it's
2: like the more information that you have, um, you know, the better you are to be able to either, like you said, address the problem, correct it, uh, you know, be able to augment the way that you live your life. If it is something that, you know, you do want to work on and change. And it's like, they're... But yeah, it's like, I just think of the idea. I think it's so funny how this test gets so specific where it's like, oh yeah, you're less likely to match a musical pitch.
0: (laughs) Are you less likely or more likely? I am less likely,
2: which is so funny. Cause I I mean, of course, like the joke is like, yeah, you scream for a hardcore band. Of course you can't, (laughs) (laughs) you can't match a musical pitch, but like reading that, really, you know, informed the fact that it's like, yes, there are times where like, I literally tried to sing and I could not, like, I could not, I rem, I so distinctly remember where it was like Taken was recording, we were recording our last EP in like 2004 before we, you know, broke up and there on these demos of certain songs, I was singing and a lot of it was, uh, you know, I auto-tuned was placed on it. And it was – I just remember being in the vocal booth and <laughs> just like beating the hell out of myself. <laughs> I mean you know how fun it is to record vocals. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's
2: worse. worst. It just beating myself up for like not being able to hold a particular note. And then I just <laughs> – it would just be so great to like go back in time and be like, hey, guys, I got this report <laughs> that tells me it's a little bit harder for me to hit this pitch.
0: <laughs> You're like, oh, it all makes so much sense now. <laughs> well, you know, we – so – we put out a little EP not long ago, um, and it was the first time that I had ever tried to sing like uh-huh. on, on a thing. And I love singing; like I will sing all day long if we're in a like. I'll pop into a meeting and just start singing about what we're doing, like because I'm just a, a goof, um, right? But it was the first time actually trying to do it in like a studio setting, and uh, so I recorded with um, Zach Rippy out here in Arizona, um, and he was so rad in the process because he was so helpful in like getting me to where we needed to be. But man, singing versus yelling is such a different beast. <laughs> totally. Like You're like, Oh wow. That like actually sucked. Whereas like yelling, you're like, I don't know. Did it sound like pissed enough? Like, <laughs> right (laughs) is this
2: yeah (laughs) right is this am i actually doing this into the mic loud enough like what are we what are we talking about here do i Yeah. like you said do i sound pissed enough
0: (laughs) it's so funny man it's i I always and i I don't know about you but i've i've only gone and recorded vocals because getting into like an actual band for me was a later in life process but part of that like what do i want to do before i die kind of thing and uh so i've only recorded a couple times we recorded um our the first album that I was on with uh, Worship in uh, up in Oakland with Scott Evans, um, mm-hmm. who is such a wonderful human being, um, and so he was super helpful in like helping me understand like how to do the recording part. Um, but man, it was so funny. I'll never forget like walking into his studio and just seeing all this stuff and how like nice and fancy things were, and then being like, "I'm just gonna yell into that microphone." Like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is right. so insane. Like, there are people that have phenomenal voices doing this stuff. And I'm literally like, ah, so. Right. It's just like <laughs> comedy, you know?
2: Oh, it totally is. It totally is. It, it, something else I found funny in regards to, uh, you know, the, the particular test traits that it, you know, identifies where it's just like wake up time. I found that so interesting that what's able- yours. Yeah. Mine. It said, it, it, it said in the report that it was like, it was around 7am. I wake up earlier than that, but I just, w- I was I, I wonder if uh, at some point that if you, you know, depending on when you, in your life you take the test, would it give a different result? Like, you know, <laughs> if you're taking it when you're like, you know, 21, it's like, oh yeah, I sleep in at like 10, <laughs> you know, 10 a.m. wake up. But I just, yeah. So what what was yours?
0: I have 8.04 a.m., which doesn't actually feel super off. I mean, I, I like to get up early, um but that's not my natural thing. Like, Right. Um, I used to be like a night owl and, um, but I love going to bed and getting up early and kind of like kicking the day's ass, uh, if I can. Um, so like for me, I'm like nothing good for me happens after 10 PM. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that's like literally when you're like going down some kind of an internet rabbit hole that you're just like, even like even just like oh man i was up till 3 a.m searching for bands and it's like dude get off of the wikipedia page it doesn't matter go to bed you know right so uh so yeah i definitely get up earlier um but i thought that was interesting because if i went to bed at say 10 between 10 and 11 i would probably wake up right around that time
2: right yeah yeah for sure right it's like if everything worked out according to plan (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it, it, I, I did find it engaging, because it's like, even if, you know, that, w- that wasn't accurate, it was that idea that, oh, this does like 7am still by most stretches of the imagination from a normal person perspective, that's like, you know, a little bit earlier, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> just comparing our reports, or it's just like, oh, yeah, like, I wake up an hour earlier than you, Andrew. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And it's true. It's true. And there you go, man. I'm, I'm done It's lazy over here. Yeah. You're super lazy. So I have to ask you a question about it because this one Please. I thought was super fun. Did you check your Neanderthal DNA?
2: <laughs> I did check my Neanderthal DNA. What's your results? And I, I think, well, because it, it quantified
0: it from a percentage perspective, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. And I want to say, I, I want to say it was around like
0: 18% or something like that. Like yeah, you had like, more Neanderthal DNA than 18% of other customers? Yes, yes, I think that was it. So pretty, pretty Neanderthal heavy. I think. No, no, that's pretty. I think. Oh, that's, that's light. Yeah, because, okay. dude. Hey, Andrew, <laughs> you have more Neanderthal DNA than ninety-four percent of other customers. I'm a fucking animal, dude. Like, no matter how you slice it, it's like, oh, it's it's Andrew. He's got a lot of Neanderthal in him. Don't just don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> dude, so good. Is that's he well. over there flinging his own poo? He's guys. He's Neanderthal. It's fine. Right, yeah.
2: <laughs> he, he, ske- he skews. He Neanderthal.
0: It's cool. We're, you're good. <laughs> that one made me laugh so hard when I saw it, and I was just like, "Okay, right, all yeah, right, all right,
2: like, good, good to know, good to know." Yeah, it's like there's, uh, you know, to to that point of just like there are certain p- bits of information that are just like cool to know. It's not like there's anything that you can do to change that. It's like, all right, that's that's good to know.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Was like, <laughs> what was weird to me was like looking through them and they're just like small, silly things, but like the uh, ring finger versus like index finger. Like, yeah, my ring finger is way longer than my index finger and like toe stuff. I just think stuff like that is fun. Like, uh, yeah, I uh, what does it say? It's like um, likely at least a little unibrow. And it's like, God damn it. How did you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, totally, like, totally. Why you got to call me out like that? You know? Yeah. And I, and I think
2: too, like it really, um, it many times, like, especially if you take it at an age where you are, um, you know, a little more comfortable in your own skin rather than, you know, maybe your early twenties or whatever, just that idea that a lot of this stuff isn't, um, necessarily like that revelatory. You're like, Oh yeah, that, 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 that tracks like that. Yeah. That adds up. It's like, okay, that makes sense. But then the yeah, but then there are certain things that are just like, wow, I uh, first of all, I would never know that about myself and secondly, like, oh wow, I I I guess that is me. I just never thought about it in those terms. Did you what about your fear of public speaking? I was to like I no fear whatsoever. Yeah. It was like I was totally comfortable, no problem whatsoever. What was yours?
0: Mine was def- mine definitely said like less likely to have a fear of public speaking, which is Right.
2: Yes, less likely that was. Yeah.
0: And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, no, I'm. <laughs> I'm yeah, we're not good. scared of that at all.
2: <laughs> totally, yeah. It's like we're we're good there. If we could uh, get up there on stage and you know yell into a microphone in front of strangers, like you know, I think there's something, there's something there.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the the uh, I, I, what
2: you were going to ask a question? I'm sorry. Oh no, I
0: was just going to say. You know, there's a lot of those things on there that are kind of like, oh yeah, that's you know that's cool. But for me, truthfully, the actual ancestry composition i thought was very cool i don't know if like i'm curious what yours was
2: yeah mine it it didn't necessarily surprise me as well kind of going along to the what i was saying where it's like oh that that tracks but um yeah it was definitely um irish and polish that's where the my ancestry uh kind of comes from from that perspective and so but it was interesting because there were certain aspects of my family like I am Raymond Edward Harkins the fourth or the third, Mm -hmm. my son's the fourth and um, my Raymond Edward Harkins the first, he was adopted. And so there were certain, like we generically speaking knew where that kind of, where his ancestry sort of came from and it was validated by this report. But at the same time it was like, well, you know, there's not any records beyond him, you know, kind of starts there.
0: (laughs) That is very cool. Like that, that aspect of it, I feel like is so rad to um to be able to dive in on I definitely like when I got mine back it was like okay I'm 70.9% British and Irish but what was interesting was I was like oh wow I'm like 21.8% Polish and I didn't know that and so I was like oh that's cool and also um uh, you know, I don't mean to speak ill of my parents because they probably told me a bunch of this stuff. But I was so, like, when I was younger, I was so like, I just want to go skateboarding and listen to me. I don't know, I don't care where I'm from. Like, I'm right. from Pennsylvania. What do you mean? Um, but it's been such a fun thing to learn about that stuff as you get older. And you know, I I did the thing where you can kind of track your relatives and look at your family tree. Uh-huh. And you know, so you know us talking about doing this podcast was a really fun opportunity for me to kind of get in the weeds a little bit on this stuff. And yep. like, again, cause I did this a while ago, so it was fun to crack it open and look at these things and be like, whoa, this is kind of wild actually. Like looking at the family tree and seeing who's in there from my family that's taken the test. And, uh, it was, it was cool. Yeah. So I
2: agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, I, I took my test about, yeah, it was uh, probably maybe two years ago, but it, it was one of those things where as you started to, you know, poke around and take those quizzes and like travel even further down that, you know, path of knowledge <laughs> within the, the test that you did, it, it really, honestly, I just can't, and this is such a cheesy thing to say, but it's just like, you know, knowledge is power <laughs> and just that idea of understanding more about yourself and your predisposition to certain things and and not liking certain things. And it just all like, I I found the um, alcohol flush test result where it was like, I wouldn't turn red if I drink. And I'm like, I literally would never know that because I've like never personally drank. Like, I mean, I drank when I was like, you know, 14 or something, but I've never never been been drunk in my whole life. And so for me to read that, I was like, Oh, I never would have known that otherwise.
0: No, it's cool. I think, what about, uh, do you do caffeine or do you not caffeine? I do caffeine, yes. So are you likely to consume more or no?
2: I, it, I was right on average, but um, it, it didn't, I was surprised because I do feel like, I mean, I think I have about like four cups of coffee a day. Um, I don't think it's wildly out of whack, but I definitely think it's on the higher side.
0: I, yeah, mine is definitely, uh, likely to consume more, which sounds about right. Cause I feel like just as a human being, like, um, like I'm an alcoholic, but I think a huge piece of that is because I never did drugs and I'm so thankful because whatever I would have done, I probably would have just been like, yup, that's what I, I love that. And so, um, for me, I'm, I'm always curious if there's like things in here that are just like, oh, you're just like a sort of like a pleasure addict in, you know what I mean? Like whether it's working out or skateboarding or, you know, like music or what it's like, you just consume things at a high level, you know, in general. And I find that to be very interesting. Right. Totally. And on that
2: same notion of just like the more you know about yourself, like I, you know, tie that directly back into when we started to discover music and trains of thought that were either contradictory to what we had been told or were a completely different point of view. Cause like, I know, I mean, you mentioned rage, rage against the machine. And I know for myself, that was so revelatory because it was this, you know, I mean, yes, of course the music was sick and unbelievable, but then the idea that they were speaking about other people's experiences that first of all, did not look like me or were from a completely different part of the world. And then that that just like cracked my head open where I was like, oh, so not everybody is raised in a, you know, upper middle class <laughs> suburb.
0: It was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Totally. And where I'm from in Pennsylvania is like, you know, very much like an upper middle class area. Um, you know, and it's also very like, very predominantly white overall. At least it was when I was growing up, you know? So it was like, it was interesting to hear about all those different experiences from, you know, people through music and, you know, and then obviously traveling makes such a huge difference as well as like the actual impact of all of those things and seeing them and going, oh, okay, like this is life, you know, um, mm-hmm. but, but music opening that door and that sort of allowing you to question things was like really huge. I mean, I, I'll never forget I mean, I spent a long time as an atheist, like, um, it's literally high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like, I was listening to Slayer a lot and I just was like, what, you know, like what is up? You know, obviously it gets you questioning religion and all that stuff. Um, and then I remember I became an atheist because at one point I remember trying to like pray before bed and I just was like, I don't understand what I'm doing. What, like, what is happening? Right. Um, cause I was raised Catholic Um, like very loosely, we were kind of like creaster people, but, um, the, it was interesting because all of the music sort of changed that stuff for me. And then what's really funny is the music sort of brought me back around. Um, not because I'm religious now. Um, and I know that, I know that even saying I listen to any Joe Rogan is like hot button, but, um, I, I listened to the Ray Capo, Joe Rogan. Um, and I'm not personally like a big youth of today fan. Um, but I was just really interested in his whole deal as like kind of a yogi and stuff like that. Um, and I know that like people get bummed on him for breaking edge, bro. But um, right, right. but I'm just like whatever, man. He's a human being. He has his own experience. Uh, yep. But what was really interesting was the way that they talked about religion and like they, I think they were talking about like Ganesh or something like that. And he's like, so you really believe that?" And Ray's deal was he was like, "I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying maybe." And so, Right, a possibility. And that blew my mind. And so uh, in that, like this was literally a couple years ago, two or three years ago, whenever that came out. And it kind of had me like take a step back and go, you know what, instead of saying I believe in nothing, I sort of changed my attitude to being like, you know what, I'm comfortable with everything. And it doesn't mean that I necessarily believe it all, but I think for myself, it allowed me to open myself up to as corny as it sounds like the universe in a different Mm -hmm. way and be comfortable saying, you know, maybe there are certain things that kind of come together and they maybe happen for a reason or whatever. And, um, and I don't love the idea of like fate because I like the idea of human choice and stuff like that. But I do think that there is a lot of, um, the, uh, when people come to, this is going to sound weird, but you've just seen Donnie Darko, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so that part in Donnie Darko where they have those crazy things coming out of them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, And like leading them around. I always think about, you know, sometimes you end up in a really cool conversation or you meet someone that like you hit it off with really quickly and you're like, wow, we're going to be lifelong friends now. And it's always so interesting to kind of like, when you take a step back to go, man, the fact that the two of us are right now having this conversation with all of our life experiences... And they all brought us to this point. Like the fact that we're talking right now about this stuff is crazy Mm -hmm. because the amount of stuff that had to come together to get us to this point is nuts. It, It is like just the,
2: the simple, you know, addition of all of these extenuating circumstances that will lead you to this exact point is just like, I mean, it, obviously that's why we only use a portion of our brains because I think if we use more, like it, we would not even be able to function because like, you have to have that cognitive dissonance to be like, I'm not thinking about every moment being just like, Oh my gosh, like I can't even believe I'm here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You'd be crippled. But I'm, I'm such like a, um, I'm such a, uh, sort of like, I don't know, feely person, whatever. I'm like, I love to do that stuff. Like I love to take a step back and appreciate the moments and appreciate the things that are happening because, Again, and I don't mean to sound morbid, but it's like, you never know when you're going to go. And so if you can wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I'm stoked to be here. And even if your day is a little crazy and you can fall asleep going, you know what? Even if today was a little tough, I'm thankful to be here. Right. I I still did it. Right. Yeah. Like, I think there's something really, really special about all of that. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh,
2: the last thing I want to hit on was the idea that, um, you know, I know both you and I are, uh, you know, have, uh, experimented and currently, uh, are, you know, vegan vegetarian and like that connective tissue between understanding the, uh, you know, health reports that you get from this and just understanding like likes and dislikes, like I, I love the cilantro.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I laugh about that one because it is such a huge, like that's, that's a tough one right there, man. Totally, totally. It's, What's you, yours? People,
2: yeah, I I, I was uh, less likely to consume it, so uh, which is accurate because I personally don't like. I I do a little bit of cilantro, but not to the point where I'm like, you know, it has
0: to be on everything. I so mine is inaccurate because mine says that I I think it says I'm. Let's see here, um, slightly higher odds of disliking cilantro. Okay. Nah, I am like put it everywhere. I'm like, my blanket is made out of cilantro, you know, I'm just like, yep, I want to just wrap myself up in it. So that one for me was not correct. But what about the asparagus one? Because that one's another funny one. <laughs> the
2: asparagus, I can't, honestly, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I do. I, I, I think it was accurate in the fact that uh, I was less likely to consume that. Again, I well, eat but asparagus. But can you smell
0: it in your pee? That's oh, the, yeah. That's the big one. It's can you smell it in your pee? I I absolutely can when I consume it. That is reality. Yes. Mine is, uh, yeah. Mine is your genetics make the likely to be able to smell the asparagus odor in your urine. <laughs> That's perfect. Like it's so so
2: good. Well, yeah, and speaking of vegetables, just like the the idea of understanding your health and then making you know uh, choices around that and consulting with you know doctors, physicians, everything that you should go through when you're making these changes. Um, but the, the idea of us arriving to those conclusions through a myriad of influences, like for us, obviously via music and stuff like that. But then, you know, so how, I guess, how did you uh, connect the idea of, you know, you going on the, you know, vegan vegetarian road in general?
0: So for me, um, I mean, it all started early on because destroy the machines, earth crisis. I remember being in middle school and listening to that album, I bought it. Um, I think I might have. My uncle would like take me to Philadelphia randomly, and we would go do stuff. Um, and uh, we went and bought some CDs. And I remember I bought, I think, Earth Crisis, Destroy the Machines, and then I brought, I bought, um, Shai Hulud, um, A Profound Hatred of Man, and both of those super important bands to me. But Earth Crisis, you know, it was at the time where I would sit and read the lyrics and all that stuff. And I was like, whoa, okay, what is all this? What's veganism? This is wild, you know, because my mom's from the Midwest. My dad is from um, outside Philadelphia. It was very much meat and potatoes. Um, And as I've gotten older, we've laughed at just like, they'll, I'll order food. And they're just like, where did you come from? You know, (laughs) because they're literally like, yeah, we'll just have the pork chops and the mashed potatoes and that and, uh, you know, and a beer. Yep. And I'm like, excuse me, can I please do this? And can you make it really spicy? And and they're just like, my dad's like, I can't even have spice. He's like, my bald spot sweats, you know? So right. um, so it was Earth Crisis kind of planted the seed way, way, way back. But it was not reasonable for me, I didn't think at the time, to become like a vegetarian or anything like that. And then, um, so when I went to college, um, my uh, my ex-wife was a vegetarian since she was young. And at some point I just kind of was like, Oh, I'm going to become a vegetarian, you know? Yep. Um, and so I remember I was maybe like, maybe it was around when I was 20, 28 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even, re- honestly, it was somewhere in my twenties, maybe 26, whatever. I, right. um, I was in Las Vegas and I was out there announcing a do tour event. And we stayed and did a skateboarding trip afterwards. And I had driven out because it was so close to Phoenix. And uh, I saw one of those buses drive by that has like the advertisement. And it was like Slayer playing at, you know, one of the casinos. And I was like, oh, I'm going to... That's like the day after our trip ends. And my birthday was coming up. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get a hotel room because Vegas is so inexpensive. And I'm going to see if I can buy a Slayer ticket. And so I went and saw Slayer alone in Vegas And beforehand, I went out to dinner. I think I went to like TGI Fridays or something. And I got like chicken fingers. And uh, I took a bite and I got one of those real chewy bits. And I had been toying with the idea of like, maybe I'll become a vegetarian. Because Charlie Thomas was the world industry's team manager. And that's Uh who I skated for. And he was a vegan. So he was like, you know, really helpful for me. And like dietary change. And also just like my drinking and stuff like that. Like he was a really good role model. um, Just for like active and healthy living. Cause he was older. Um, and he ripped and I was like, I want to be able to skate like Charlie when I get older. And so, um, I stopped eating meat that night and I never had it again. Um, and then I became vegan maybe a year later and it was one of those, like I, I was, v- uh, vegan at home and vegetarian on the road because when I was okay. doing skate trips, I was like, well, I want to be able to just like eat cheese pizza, whatever. And sure. then it, and then it just became this ethical thing for me where I just was like, you know, I can't do that anymore. I'm not allowed to just like give myself a pass. And so there was like a January 1st, like, all right, I'm just going to officially be vegan. And then, uh, the only thing that took some time was, um, suede giving that up because of, uh, skate shoes. And I think maybe I went like, I don't even know if it was like six months and I was like, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. What, what kind of a, I can't be that. And then, uh. Right so once I gave that up, it was like, okay, here we go. Um, and it was a, so that's been a big thing for me just because, um, trying to find vegan skate shoes is a little bit of a process. Um, but a lot of the companies are doing a really great job now and, um, it's fun. So I do these little like vegan shoe reviews on YouTube. Um, just because I think it's such an important thing for, to have information on like what products are actually good, you know?
2: Totally, totally. Yeah, no, it's cool. And, and You explaining that process is exactly what I think, you know, most people need to do as they're approaching life in general is just like explore, find what you're comfortable with, you know, find out more about yourself because only with that information would you be able to make that educated decision to be like, yes, I am going to do this or no, I am not going to do this.
0: What's interesting to me, and I have a feeling you and I are on the same page in this, But um, what's so interesting to me is when people like sort of start out for ethical reasons or whatever, and then they kind of like, you're like, oh, how come you stop being vegan or or whatever? And they're like, well, my doctor told me that I shouldn't or whatever. And I'm always just like, I mean, hey, everyone can do their thing. But for me, I'm like, it's just an ethical thing. Like, I don't want to hurt animals. So therefore, I'm not going to do that. And even if a doctor was like, you know, Andrew, I think you should be eating red meat. I'd be like, that's cool. I'm not going to, you know, totally Uh, just because I think at some point you kind of get the no pun intended, like, you know, wool out from over your eyes and you're like, oh, okay, this is really not a, a cool thing. So everyone can make their own decisions. And I'm always a personal fan of like when people are like, you know what, I, uh, I would go vegan one day a week or whatever. I'm like, that's awesome. It all helps. And I think we, um, and I, I will say this about a lot of vegan culture, A lot of people are real uppity, and that's totally fine. But also, it's like keep in mind it's your own decision and try not to push yourself on others. Because, I mean, man, even at one point, I remember uh, on social media, I posted my friend David Gravett. He was catching a fish, you know, catch and release. Mm -hmm. And I got like multiple DMs from people that were just like, I cannot believe you would do this. And I'm just like, don't you judge, like, get out of here. Get off your high horse, man. Like my friend is psyched, like, right away. No um, and it's just because I feel like, you know, look, if you're doing it because you want to get on the high horse, like that's fine, but I'm not that person. I don't care about that. People can do whatever they want, but yeah, for me, totally. and, and I'll, I'll happily talk with anyone about it because it's small changes that make a big difference. You don't have to stop eating meat completely or dairy or whatever if you don't want to, but if you skip a meal, that helps. You know, totally.
2: Every every uh, you know every incremental change, no matter how small, it uh, you know it adds up to literally us talking here right now at this very moment. Yeah, <laughs> little little bits just make changes. You know, exactly, exactly. Well, dude, Andrew, thank you so much for going on this uh, philosophical fun ride. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. Sorry. I got all, uh, getting all deep on you, man.
2: That's exactly what this is all about, man. Uh, There's, there's only one way to go. And that's, uh, that's deep as far as I'm concerned.
0: I'm with (laughs) you on that.
2: There we go. That was that. And I really, really genuinely want to thank Andrew Cannon for, um, coming on this episode with me and enjoying the, (laughs) the, The conversation that we had because uh, it was, like I said, it was a little bit less than conventional, but I I was really excited to, um, yeah, just pick his brain and and get into this whole thing that uh, is only made in part because of the sponsored episode That is this. And thank you very much to 23andMe. So if you are curious about anything at all about this particular episode, you can go to 23andMe.com. You can find all of their testing capabilities. And um, yeah, done it before, wholeheartedly recommend it. So thank you very much to 23andMe. Thank you very much, Andrew Cannon. And until next time, be safe, everybody.
1: The show is sponsored by BetterHelp.